0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.com. That's dot com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast, number 790. What's on the community cork board? We got all sorts of fun
2: stuff. You want to go first? Yeah, Jacqueline Novak, who is a hilarious comedian and all around cool person, has a new book called How to Weep in Public, Feeble Offerings on Depression from One Who Knows. It's out now, and she's really she's really funny. She's been on You Made It Weird talking about her depression, and she really does make it funny and interesting and informative. So definitely check it out. Excellent. What else? Uh, I am running a show on Nerd Melt on March 11th at 9 p.m. called Retro Rad, and it's uh, me and Caitlin Durante, and we are going through old... It's basically obscure media on Reddit, but as a show... Uh, where we're throwing, showing just crazy clips from old TV shows, and then we do a Win Ben Stein's Money contest where we have the audience and our guests and everybody else compete against me in a trivia contest. And the trivia contest is actually just about jokes from Ben Win Stein's Win Ben Stein's Money. Money. It's a lot of Jimmy Kimmel work. Matter we stay it away was, from that it. That is it very, so specific, very niche, but I <laughs> enjoy it. It's almost like it's in the, the theater in the back of a comic book
1: store. <laughs>
0: Matt, do you have a community court board? I item? do indeed, Christopher. What? what is it, Matthew? On
1: Saturday, March 12th, 2016. At South by Southwest. In Austin, Texas? Yes, at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., the Jonah Carey Podcast.
2: Hey, that's on the Nerdist Sports. Yes,
1: that is absolutely right. We'll be there. I will be there with Jonah, co-hosting... Uh, some sports garbage talk Phoebe's Matt Myra Phoebe's Matt Myra will be there uh, Come out, it's at uh, I like James Bonding's Matt Myra I prefer <laughs> the Frasier one It's in like Drinks Lounge, <laughs> everybody talk, talk Drinks bags. Lounge in Austin, Texas That's uh, 2001 East Cesar Chavez Street uh, Come see us 7pm, March 12th The Jonah Carey Podcast There's gonna be beer There's gonna be me there's gonna be Jonah Carey. There's gonna be that's uh, Just fun. You, Just you squeeze a lot of juice out of and that. The, and show. then you can also be... listen
2: to the podcast on the Nerdist Network yeah. here that's every right. Friday. I'm that's gonna
0: be right. doing a beta. Is that everything? I don't want to cut you off.
1: That's, that's pretty much it. Good. You have a good time. <laughs> Check out uh, yeah,
0: I'll see you down there because we're doing we're doing the live um, at midnight show the Friday, Ooh. Uh, which is Friday the 11th. Friday. At 9 p.m., we seem to be doing, uh, we're at Parish is the name of the (laughs) venue. We seem to be doing (laughs) I couldn't remember the name of the, (laughs) and I looked it up real fast. It appears we're doing an event. Uh if, if Calendar is correct, now we're going to be doing a, a Live at Midnight just for Periscope. Oh, nice. So it's not going to air on Comedy Central. I, we're just going to do it on Periscope. I'm sad that
1: I can't be there to see that. That would be great. I'm sad that you can't be there too, but you're moderating a really cool panel. So, I am. Uh, so that'll be fun. Look it. They uh, sold out, so you can't come see my panels. What's your panel that we can't go it's, to? It's uh, Vice Principals, the new show uh, from Danny McBride. Oh, nice. With the Goggins. Uh, It's supposed to be a hoot I get to see it this week They'll send me a link They're still editing right now But uh, I'll be prepared to Yeah so with the spillover Of people who didn't get into that Come to see At Midnight I
0: I think there's going to be Some uh, fantastic comedians there That are relevant to your At Midnight interests And we're doing it all on Periscope And then also uh, March 15th that's a Tuesday, different than we normally do. Beta test at Meltdown, 9 Go p.m. Tuesday beta test. Go to nerdmeltla.com. Why are yeah, we
1: doing it Tuesday?
0: Because the Monday night show, I didn't want to boot. I think uh, I think maybe Andy Kindler's doing a show oh. on that Monday. You wouldn't hear wanna, the end of it. Didn't want to boot him off. <laughs> Even though I, I could have, <laughs> I would never do that. Hear me out. So we're doing... Line down, uh, sitcom style, down the stage. You both do your shows simultaneously. He was so funny at the improv last week. Oh I did a show at the improv with Kindler oh and Dana God. Gould and Laura Keitlinger. And Ooh, Kindler, nice. and they were all amazing. And Louis dropped in.
1: Andy is so fucking funny. He kills me. You, 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 but putting a line down the middle for separate comedy shows, you just essentially describe what happens at Just for Laughs in Toronto when Todd Glass and Andy Kindler do a show together <laughs> <laughs> at the comedy bar. It's the best.
0: Uh, Very, very excited about this podcast This is uh, Michael Showalter and Sally Field What? Yes, I know Uh, The movie is called Hello, My Name is Doris Which is a movie that Showalter uh, co-wrote and directed And Sally Field is the star and she plays Doris Uh, The movie is delightful and heartbreaking and wonderful and funny And there's a lot of great males in it There's a lot of great people in it that you recognize Uh, That is in theaters March 11th in LA and New York Wide release March 18th Go support good film. Do it. My name is Doris. Sally Field, uh, amazing in the film, wonderful on this podcast. And so here we go. The Nerdist Podcast number 790 with Sally Field and Michael
1: Show. Wait, one more thing to add about that Jonah Carey podcast. I just read, (laughs) no badge required. (laughs) And it's free. Or jacket. And there's free beer. So so, just go to that. So Phil Collins
0: lovers will appreciate it. No, I don't have a badge or jacket. I'm having a great day. All right, good. Just (laughs) su Studio. You just made it in. Oh, thank God. <laughs> throw, me, throw me the whip, I throw you the idol. <laughs> Katie. Katie! Roll the thing!
1: Now entering Nerdist.com.
3: They're done. are you hungry
4: no I'm fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> did we feed you pretzels uh. We did. Thank you, Kyle. No I'm not that, it was a, that is the yeah. kind of professional organization that I didn't realize. We, <laughs> we capacity could have done He went. In a he went. To, uh, he went over <laughs> to
3: at midnight and service stole service. them from Craft Services. That's <laughs> did you Steal
0: them from at midnight. I sure did. Ah, oh, thank you. And I, when, <laughs> I, when I when I realized
3: that he was going over there, I was like, "Well, Lynn, get me some fruit and some other stuff." Oh yeah, yeah. Our you, Craft Services. But, really you, is but you were gone before.
0: You were gone. It's a shoot day. So do you want me to send Kyle on a fruit run? What do you want? A pear? An apple?
4: An orange?
3: I'm a big fan of watermelon, cantaloupe.
4: Good God, people. <laughs> just any sort of a
3: citrus. Any, I've been on kind of a Let's grape, just do grapefruit
4: our thing and kick you can go to lately. lunch. <laughs> My goodness. We're asking these well, people Well, I'm hoping to they have a you. really
0: good food spread at our I've next, known Showalter for probably 20 years, so <laughs> course, yeah. it doesn't mind. I don't mind.
4: Everybody just say All these people, hordes of people coming up to him like, I've known him since I can't... <laughs> Like, okay. Chris and I
3: were at MTV when MTV was yeah there MTV. you go in the 1900s yeah yeah
0: that's right
4: really all the, the way 19, back in then.
0: The 1900s. all the way back in the <laughs> 1900s when um. kids had to watch TV when it aired now it doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter
1: and when Full House was just when Full House, Full House
0: was oh. in its initial <laughs> yeah.
1: run. first run Full House we just met the Tanner family yeah
4: yeah we yeah. were a few years
0: ago at MTV. I don't expect, I would never expect you to remember this, but of course I remember it. Oh, dear. Um, I was uh, flying back from Memphis in 2013, and you were sitting across the aisle. You were coming back from Memphis.
4: I was in Memphis.
0: You were in Memphis, and this might trigger. Was I drunk? Uh, I don't know. You slapped the stewardess <laughs> and said, uh, "Where's my ham?" I don't know what that meant.
4: Yeah, uh, it was a secret code we had between each other.
0: <laughs> Maybe you remember this? When we landed at LAX, the airport was shut down because someone had run a truck into one of the parking structures. Oh
4: yes, I do. But mm-hmm. well, what the hell was I doing in Memphis? I that think. it was. A, it might have been. Was I? Pro- I was promoting. I was in the midst of promoting. I think. I, I think that's money. great.
0: Not that many people go to Memphis to promote anything. So that... I,
4: I know. I, I think I must have been diverted from someplace else. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the more likely. Oh
4: no! Could
1: have been visiting Graceland. Could Graceland could
4: been...
3: or the Civil Rights Museum. Yeah. Wait
4: a minute! I was. I was I'm there with you. Yes, I was. That's exactly. What, what were I was. you doing? I was. Prom- I we were getting the promotion for Lincoln. I believe it was. was... It was. It was a speech. Somewhere. Oh and yeah, they was... give us. I had to get a speech, in speech somewhere
0: Well I'm glad I hope it went better than when we la- when we landed they someone had,
4: I know you remember that
0: You couldn't get out it of it It was the crazy airport.
4: and you and I went some securest route wasn't yes. it? And yes. we said, let's take this route. Oh, you, you and I—we were going down the, the, wait, wait, the Yes, we were. We were going down the tunnels together, saying, "Don't you think we could get out this way?" It was, yes, it that's amazing that a you whole remember that. Movie we could It was a that. whole. Yeah, and it was. It was we went down the tunnels, and everybody else was just huddled and taking the no for an answer. And I said, "Let's not take no for an answer."
0: I think we should actually see if we can get all the surveillance footage and just cut that together as a I movie. Think, I
4: think that was a movie. Okay, Because go. it was called "Escaping the Airport."
0: Escaping airport. Can I put that on my IMDb page? Absolutely.
4: Because then I. I had, to, I had to, didn't you ultimately walk out of the airport, all, I had to walk out of the airport all together onto Sepulveda Boulevard. Yes. And, ha- and get a cab. Yeah. We, and, and then the cab was right said he away. was going to charge me too much and I demanded he let me out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, so you remember I a, everything. I had you, a hissy
4: fit. I demanded he let me out immediately. He, he was he
0: was giving you what's known well, now as surge pricing. I, I, he
4: was. He saw that there was a problem and everybody was trying to get a cab and I got it at the hotel there. And he was going to charge me like 150 Dollars to drive, like you know, into Brentwood. I mean, it was crazy. I wasn't even. Do you think one, he? Do you think
0: he? Do you think he identified you as? Oscar no, he, he, just, he just he just thought
4: said, I was a hot one. You know, like not hot like woohoo. I mean, like ready to shell out whatever needed yeah. to be shelled out. I I,
0: maybe both. Like, maybe he thought both. Yeah, we got like, stuck in the airport for for a while until they opened up and flooded, yes, and yes. we just had we had no
2: idea. Airport's are usually out.
1: where I do take no for an answer. I
2: didn't <laughs> take no time. for an answer. <laughs> That's the I one did time.
0: So how did you guys come together How did you how did you get involved with this?
3: Um, well, we, we sent her the script and begged her to do it, and not thinking that she would. And then um, she,
4: I said was yes. Nice
3: enough to meet me uh, for. A so call, you guys didn't know coffee. each other before? No. no. You just cold Message in a bottle. Message, message in a bottle. Like like, what do I have to lose? What do I have to lose? Why not? Worst thing that can happen is she says no. Yeah. And uh, we met. We met for coffee out here, and mm. we 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 hit it off. Yep, we did. And then, uh, and then the, co- a couple of days later, her agent and manager. I don't think you know this. No, <laughs> They're I don't. Telling think you I little do. things you don't know. I
4: didn't know they that they and did they that. Call
3: and they called me, and and I was like, they Hello. said I was
4: thinking about it. No,
3: no, they go, Sally Field's going to do your movie. <laughs>
4: They did say that. Yes. Well, because I'd already told them.
3: Well, they waited a couple days to tell me. <laughs> well,
4: that's, I, I told them. And they were both. Anytime you
3: get the agent and the manager together on the phone, you know something's going it's down. It's almost always r- good news. They never want to be together when it's bad. news. No one wants to deliver yeah, bad no. news. So anytime yeah. you get like the whole group on a phone call, you know it's good news. And so it was like, I have these two people for you. I don't know why I'm saying I won't say their name, but I'm not going to say their name because who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I have these two people for you, and I'm going. Oh my god. So let me tell you something. She's gonna do your movie. <laughs> but it was <laughs> like kinda like threatening like But we're that. dropping you. No, it we're was just, threatening oh like it was like, gosh. Hey Pip Squeak. Hey oh, Pip squeak. No,
4: they weren't disrespectful. Not disrespectful,
3: but it was like, Hey pipsqueak, This, you know, iconic person is gonna oh, work po- with you.
4: That's his reading of it. There we is. Incredibly we're gonna work with, with you. Don't nice. don't F it. I up. said immediately, I wanna do this, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. So that there wasn't any you know,
0: how do you pick things? Like what, 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 what kind of feeling? What are you looking for when you? Is it reading the script or is it meeting with someone? Or how do you? What, what's what is your gut? How do you? How do you find that?
4: Certainly, it, this is so unique and and such a wonderful character and such a unique story. Of course, I I immediately said to to showalter. I said, "Can we pull this off? Is this doable?" Um, because the comedy is so high, it's such romp, screwball comedy, physical, real clown comedy, and then it's you haven't gotten that far, so I don't want to spoil it for you. But it gets Greek. I mean, it goes, <laughs> <laughs> it goes sad. It gets and, very sad, and, and it go, and it and it has that has to be woven together really carefully because it's but they're they're butting up against each other. Um, and I constantly was saying to Michael, I, "Are we doing this? Is this is this happening? Is this blending? Are we? Is this good?" And that was exactly there. There's this face. He would just do that slow kind of nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing it. It's happening. You just keep going. After every take, I would go. That's that was it. Yeah, you'd go. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. it. Because <laughs> he
0: sucks you in. You're like we're being sucked in now. The, the audience is being sucked in. Oh this is delightful and this is quirky and it seems like this guy this there's something I don't know well maybe I mean it can, and then you start seeing in the background a little bit and you're talking with the therapist and there seems to be stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Well she's coming out of her shell the character is I like I was reading something about it and it's like you know her smile she can barely even smile in the beginning of the movie it's like almost looks like it hurts her to to like you know and but this character that Sally plays is had you know lived her whole life kind of like under the thumb of her mom and and her and and is sort of like goes to work and punches in and punches out and goes home and that's what she does every day and um and she's really really quiet and and sort of not used to interacting with people when the movie starts and then she meets this John guy Max Greenfield and she slowly comes out of her shell and and it's it's a very slow burn of watching that happen to um, see this this person like kind of slowly like getting back in sort of rejoining the
0: world a little bit how do you see her
4: uh Well, I think she's a borderline personality. (laughs) Um, I've sort of investigated that. uh, With uh, she's on the spectrum of will she be okay or will she not be okay? You know, psychologically, she's a bit of a hoarder. But I always thought, and and Michael and I talked about this a lot, that that it was the mother that was a lot of was was really an in-house hoarder you know, locked inside and kept Doris there with her. Um, so I, I think that letting the hoarding part go, she might have been able to do perhaps more easily than her mother ever could have. Not, Not that I'm letting you know that she really did let it go but so she lives in her own fantasy world she creates this world for herself and her whole look are all these clothes that she finds in the goodwill or she finds on the street or she finds in the thrift shops and she just paints pictures with herself on herself every day but she never sees herself it's isn't she isn't connected to the outside world enough to see herself from the outside in and um and in her mind She's what she always was. She's, you know, nineteen, twenty, something like that, maybe not even, um, because I see this story as a, as a coming of age of a, of a woman of age. Um, and if, if she was ever out in the world before, open to possibilities and emotionally available... Um, wasn't really fully sure i, I don't think even then cuz her mother was alive and she and probably she had one foot in the door of being out in the world and one foot still stuck in that childhood place that was calling her back and then when she went back she stayed in that Shut off environment until she's in her late sixties.
0: Yeah, she was de- developmentally stunted for a she's long time. Definitely, yeah. But now she kind of gets to live out teenage fantasies. She
4: becomes th- fourteen. Don't you feel like you
0: always think of yourself in your head that way, though? Yes,
4: that's what you know. We talked about that a lot. I see myself still as that, and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not. I'm. I'm older than that. How old <laughs> am I? And and I'm kind of shocked sometimes, going, oh, oh, okay, that's what I am, but inside you are you're you're the same you're still the same you're the same person you always were you met, might have more experience or you might have more you know wisdom of of how you want to be or who you are but you're still the same person
0: and you started off in television very young mm-hmm. was that what was what was being in TV like when you started i mean obviously <laughs> the media everything was entertainment was so much different so much different and so what did it because I know you grew up in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So what was it just, well, I'm here, and there's a television industry here, so this seems like a thing I want to do. And what did it mean to be on TV at that time?
4: Well, I think it was huge, but I... But I had a little Doris in me, and that I kept my I kept my perspective so tiny, uh, probably to save myself. I had been acting in junior high and high school when they were drama departments. I went to Birmingham High School in the San Fernando Valley, um, and in junior high, in the seventh grade, it was called junior high. They had a theater arts department, and that's when I found the theater. But I grew up in a working class show business family. They were working class. My stepfather was a stunt man, and my mother was a was an actress. But it was was working class, so it was really a tough life. They, you know, she'd get a gig. She, she, she was, she'd be on bonanza one week, <laughs> and then you know, she, you wouldn't work for months and months at a time, and you didn't know where the next one was coming. And that didn't and, scare you. Oh, it scared everybody. You know, it was it was it's a very fragile existence. Um, <laughs> we all know that here. It, it, it's a very difficult existence to have any sort of security. Um, I didn't expect anything different, and I wasn't even looking for it. I hardly knew where I was. Going or what I was doing, but I happened to my stepfather found me a place I didn't even know New York existed. I'd never been out of the state. I'd never been on an airplane. I was hugely unsophisticated, um, and I my stepfather found me a workshop when I graduated from high school because I thought, well, okay, I, I didn't I didn't take the SITS. Was I going to college? No one even asked me if I was going to college. No one at school said, "Hey, Miss Alley, what are you going to do with yourself?" I was just sort of literally falling in the cracks. It was. One of those people. And um, the workshop was located at Old Columbia. I was just saying, this is like I was having deja vu. I was um, located at the Old Columbia Studios on Sunset and Gower. And the workshop was located on one of the sound stages. And when I did an audition to get into the workshop, I didn't know that the panel to get into the workshop were all casting people from television. And so the next day, um, I got into the workshop, but I also... um, there started to be some interest. Like, do I have an agent? Was I blah blah blah? And when I went to my first workshop, which was the following, you know, week, a casting man came out. It was at night, and I was standing on the street corner waiting for my brother to pick me up because I wasn't allowed to drive at night. <laughs> I was seventeen, and some man walked up and said, "Did I want to come on an interview the next day?" He was um, Eddie Boy the Third, the casting director for Screen Gyms, um, which was the television division of, of Columbia Pictures. And I went, sure. Um, I didn't have an agent. I was not I was just out of high school. I didn't know nothing. And my stepfather, my stuntman stepfather, took me to the meeting. And I, I spent that summer of 1964 um, testing, and re- you know, just reading things and testing. It was just like, you know, a whole new world, folks. Um, and by the end of the summer, by like September, I think it was, I got the part, so... Of Gidget. Of Gidget. And that was like, welcome to showbiz field.
0: <laughs> and, and also, what a, what an interesting time for television and pop culture, because I think, when I think about it, I didn't even think of this at the time, I mean, I watched, the, I, I watched the reruns of the show, but I didn't think about it at the time, a show with kids running around in bikinis and bathing mm-hmm. suits was probably kind of a culture shock to where America had come out of before. Yeah, we, I'm sure a lot we, of people we, are like, it's the downfall of society. These kids have no clothes on.
4: Well, they were incredibly strict with us. We weren't allowed to have our belly buttons show with these ridiculous two-piece bathing suits that had literally a fourth of an inch of skin <laughs> showing on your midriff. You know, it was ridiculous. Not that I you know, was looking to show more than that. You know, we were right out of the 50s. You know, we were Is that not coming... what actual
3: bathing suits looked like? That's, I'm serious. <laughs> time, I'm being
4: serious. They they did, but not ones that I would be caught dead in. But um <laughs> I'm saying
3: like that like were. if you went to the store and bought a bathing suit, did in it they, have, did it show at that, did, time, did that show belly button? Um uh,
4: they were a little bit more revealing that, but not but not much. Not much. Yeah. Not, not much. Yeah. So um yeah, but it was a very Boy, a very different time in television, in 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 the entertainment industry altogether, in every way.
0: Did you did it, did that show come back after the, I, the show got canceled, but then came back? Because well, no, occasion? they put
4: me in another series after that, which was the flying flying
0: 9. nun, yeah, yeah, which you didn't like. No, that was not fun. No, what? Ha- <laughs> <laughs> they were just dicks.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> know. I mean that uh, you know, there there's a lot of reasons and it's like how much time do we have for me to go I could like we could spend days talking about the reasons why it was I torture I would listen. I, I you know, I was I was I was going to be in 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 an angst situation no matter what because I was I was uh nineteen twenty, twenty one and heading into twenty I mean those are the years when you like going who am I? Why am I and I was dressed as a nun. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dressed as a nun. And mind you, it's the sixties. Everybody is dropping acid and eating granola and running around naked. Granola? <laughs> well you know. It was like you know hippies. Did, did they ever
0: explain why her. she could fly? Uh, you know what? Was it the hat? <laughs>
1: I think it was the. There was, was the habit. habit.
4: It, it was the hat. They yeah. said it was the hat. Yeah. You know, but my believe me, and and then she was so little, and I am little, but th- she was so little, and the hat was so big that the, when the winds came up, it just lifted her up. But I was so depressed that I weighed eight hundred pounds by day four of shooting. So <laughs> <laughs> the fact, you know, how they could get this, you know, that woman was their off the ground. Of wind. Yeah, the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's there pretty windy you, up there. Here. You
4: have it. One of the reasons I was so depressed is written all over his face. It's right <laughs> <there. He's just laughs> terrible. Look at his face. <laughs> it was hard to be that for three years and be and be yeah. you know forming who you are in your head. This is who I am, and also realizing. What I really wanted to be was was an actor, and this were not it.
0: And it, it was, and also media was much more segmented at that time. If you were a TV person, you were a TV person, yes. not a film and there person. There you will die. Yeah,
4: um, yeah.
0: And you started working with Strasbourg. Yes, and that yes. is that, and that kind of helped break you out of the TV.
4: Well, no, I had to bre- I had to break out just by sheer. I'm going to do this, or I'm going to die. And literally, I'm going to slice my wrists and and rub it all over your doorway. You know, I I just <laughs> I had to want it more than I wanted. The wind will carry you there. Yeah, really. <laughs> it was it was just a, a you know it's those it's those moments. I I really think that those moments, those times in your life, when you feel you're in a deep d- ditch and you're never going to get out, and you you just you're. It's what you do during those really down times that really inform who you're going to be the rest of your life and always do. They always are the times you get, you know, creative. And um, so I just kept going, studying, and, and, and quit doing tele. I stopped doing television. I tell them I, I'm tell i not doing any more television, folks. And I think I didn't work for – I had two little kids by then. I didn't work for like three years. Um
0: but you still, were you completely freaked out?
4: Oh, yeah. I had just, I'm selling it. I mean, I was like, I was then reliving what my family had gone through all of their lives where we were constantly repossessed. You know, we were like, whoa, we're really stars. Look at this. We've got four jobs in a row. Let's spend it all. And then they would come and get the house and the car and, and we'd have to move. So you kind of went, oh, I was always afraid that they were that, that was going to happen to me. But
0: how did you, how did, I mean, like Showalter... Because Showalter's background, you know, comedy, sketch comedy. I know. It's a, it was a, one of the smartest sketch groups ever. The I state. Know. How did you guys uh, at the time? Did you ever feel like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work? Or oh my god. I mean, yeah. The state? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just... but Because that, that was such an... That was the, an amazing time for comedy in 92 because the 80s comedy boom was over and this kind of alternative comedy mm-hmm. movement happened and the state was really surfing that. Mm-hmm. But there were not as many opportunities for traditional comedy on television at that point because no. they'd have been exhausted by the Completely. 80s.
3: yeah. No, I mean, we were... There was also no internet to make videos for there was no it was old school you know p- put on a show and hope to get discovered still um mtv was an interesting place to be as you know um, and but we were like a band we i think that like our our trajectory as a comedy group was much the way you see a band work which was like Constantly infighting, a lot of good ideas. (laughs) There were like 11 of you. There were 11 of us, all big personalities, all really ambitious. None of us ever set out to be in a sketch comedy troupe. It wasn't like – what I want to do in my career is go meet a bunch of people and like be in a sketch troupe and then go to a TV show. It was was like I want to go to college and I wanted to be like a cinema studies guy. Like I thought I wanted to be in academics because that's what my family background is and and then I fell in love with comedy – as a kid, but then, yeah, like we were like a fast burning candle is how I like to think of the state. We were really fast burning, but
0: everyone in the state went on to do amazing things. Yes, like yes. every single person. Yeah. From that- and
3: we pushed each other. We still, I think a lot of us, owe are us have still having careers to just how much kind of like family brothers, you know, a bunch of brothers competing, like, um, pushing each other and pushing each other to, to stay in the game and to, and to do good work and all that stuff. And so, you know, we're still all, in many different forms Still working together But I mean I met Michael Black and Joel Truglio Like the first week I was a freshman in college In 1988 Wow and by the time this podcast is over Tom Lennon will have
0: written Three more scripts
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i got to wait i got to get this done Come on
1: man I've got to pitch this shit
0: And ben, um, ben
1: will have checked No emails
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> how are you, Your relationship to comedy was always it seemed like it was always important but it also seemed like it was important for you to having to start branching off to not get typecast as just a a comedy person
4: i don't think i ever fought against typecasting i just fought to be able to do projects that were worth being a part of uh so i the typecasting wasn't part of it that was but certainly it went hand in hand because when i was trying to get away from projects that were rotten into projects that were good you know it it led me out of uh you know just being uh, the 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 cute little um situation comedy girl and and as you got as i was transitioning into an older older person older and older but i love comedy and comedies you know i i love comedy i would i would if i had a druther it would be to to do what you know Michael created in that it's everything. You know it is both really comedic and clown like, um, and then really dramatic.
0: I think Soap Dish is one of the best comedies in the history of comedy.
4: Oh God, thank you.
0: Do you? You must. People must. St- that movie. I saw it not that long ago, and it. Aside from like um, Robert Downey Jr.'s shoulder pads, the movie <laughs> completely holds up. <laughs> the comedy in the movie completely holds up.
4: Yeah. Oh, that was that was you know, a, and great fun and just in, inspired lunacy, complete and an un, an in, inspired lunacy.
0: I don't know if they make are there just like weird ensemble madcap movies anymore. I've, I feel like it's not everything's so kind of linear now yeah. and gritty and the, you know, but. That where you just had an ensemble cast of all amazing performers, yeah. and you throw them together with a good, you know, with just like a good solid joke base.
4: Yeah, joke, it was just you know, one joke after the other, and every it's it's everybody is shot into space. You know, we're all on some sort of weird drug because, you know, the energy level is way up from from the get go. It
0: was exhausting, actually. I mean, when you're doing something like that, or you you're essentially you just have to trust. You trust the director like, okay, I guess this is all going to – I mean, do you ever act outside your comfort zone because you feel like, well, this is what they want or do you – is there a push and pull? Like, I think I should do it this way.
4: Um, it's really hard for me to go and commit to something that in my core doesn't feel that I can't find the land that it lives in. I find, I find that very difficult. I've really then become so difficult to work with. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, what, 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 what about when you were doing none?
4: Well, yeah, that was. What was that like? It was it was hell, um, but it wasn't hell because they were asking me to do things that were, you know, in a land that I couldn't I couldn't arrive. Like asking me to do emotional things. It was the nonsense. It was spouting utter and total nonsense all day mm-hmm. long, every day, from b- before the sun went up till after the sun went down, <laughs> in a nun's habit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't – it wasn't ever about anything human. Yeah, It was, you know, some robbers had come to the <laughs> island yeah. and, you know, yeah. we're going to take the thing and then Carlos was going to – so what? Carlos? <laughs> yeah, yeah, never mind. You had to, had to have been there.
3: Because <laughs> I, I, I definitely feel like I – you know, whether – in almost any kind of thing, to to do something that's not – that I don't believe in on some level, is painful. Mm-hmm. It's excruciatingly mm-hmm. painful.
0: Yeah. yeah. But that's why
3: – Whether and- it's a right, whether as a writer, in the limited uh, experiences I've had as an actor, to, to, to try to do work that you don't believe in it, even – it doesn't have to mean that it's, you know, shedding light on the human experience, but just that you believe in it. Yeah. And you don't do that. It is it – I is I'd literally – I'd rather do something else. For me, if it's going to be this, I would actually rather go do something else entirely, or not
4: do anything, or not do. Or not do yeah, mind. well, no, oh, no, no, I would
3: go not, do like go be a try to do, try to go you know be a cop or something.
4: Oh, like you that. mean like, a whole other occupation, a whole other occupation, not like, another it's project. It's not, not worth. It. So you're playing
3: stuff. a cop? No, I'm a cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh. In my mind, I'm saying that that pain of do you yeah, know me like too. I have an idealistic thing of like you know. That I'm going to do something good, and so, and if it's not that, then I'll go do something else that could be good. You'll like make a, a
4: living some other way. Yes, yes and but yes. yes.
3: you need to be per-
0: happy. You need to be happy. You need you need to be able to look yourself in the mirror every day and go, I'm I'm okay with what I'm well, doing. Well,
3: and then I and then on some level, what I'm doing has some value.
0: Sure. Yeah. Of uh, but but from what perspective? Like what from, value?
3: Of to to some internal part of me that sure. thinks it has value.
4: Can you see, see Showalter being a police officer? <laughs> I, I could be a, a
3: detective. I could be. Yeah, a you detective. you could just be a detective. I could be a detective. <laughs> I could be a detective. <laughs> I be a detective? I was in this really great sketch group. Sure. I want to wear a trench. coat. <laughs> a Lot of unsolved murders. I want to wear a trench coat and the hat and the notebook. I can see you being
4: being one of those police officers. Those those, those cops that that direct the traffic. That kind
3: of <laughs> Sally. Dogs, guess, with their hands. Sally. But no, she's,
4: she's saying, saying you're a good I don't director. Mean, it no. Would be great. no. Let's, or, or, let's try to she's I taking cannot, a pot
3: shot. At no,
4: me. I can't see you coming in with a gun and saying <laughs> no. everybody got to these.
3: I said I'm a detective.
4: Okay, well I'm, even I'm, then I'm an
3: investigator.
4: Even then you have to investigate. I'm an well, investigator right. at a desk and at at a thing.
3: No, I'm. No, <gasps> oh, you're in the field. I'm. Uh, what, I'm. What's his face from uh, Law and Order? The Lenny, uh, the tall. Uh, what's his name? Chris G- Noef. G- Jerry. Uh, or- Jerry Orbach. Orbach. Jerry Orbach.
1: All
4: right. Okay.
3: I'm going to be Jerry Orbach. So you're the gumshoe okay. gum with the gum loose shoe. tie okay. and the snarky okay. okay. comments. All right, all right. Well, you're packing heat in all case right. you, you need it. All right, you could
4: do that. You're packing heat, though, really, because yeah. sometimes it comes to heat. that. Yeah. I am packing heat. I am packing heat. It does come yeah. to that every now and then, it and does. you're ready for it.
3: I am packing someone's heat. Someone's going to run. And um, I will... Unpack my. Eating. So you
0: would you so you would be the guy that would come in with the loose tie. You'd find a dead body in a in the meat packing district. You'd be no, he like, doesn't find yes. it. He gets called in. He after gets called in. It. Yeah, exactly. He goes and in and, you and kind of he,
4: mosey yeah. in, going, yes, "All right, yes, what's up get now? Get out of my
0: way! The, you see all the meat hanging in the dead body. You are like, "Who wants cheeseburgers?" Like you do that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like like I've seen it all.
4: Yeah.
3: You are saying like I've you are saying like I make a joke because I've seen it all. You don't blink ever. Nothing phases you. Yeah. But surely you must have. I mean. You, you, yes, I have, but please don't call me Shirley.
0: <laughs> oh because come on. Then I would. <laughs> Why would you? That's an old. I know. I classic. Know, classic. I know. Show Walter. You get back to your I'm desk and start sorry. solving those murders, <laughs> huh? These murders aren't going to solve themselves. You're and in take here. Take that gun out. Make an airplane joke, big boy. <laughs> Do, but but uh, but you must have. I, I'm sure you must have been on stuff when everyone's intentions were good coming in. Everyone had the best intentions. The script was great halfway through you realize yeah this isn't really what i thought it was going to be
4: no never that's never happened no i've been on things that you knew going in you're going to hate yourself every inch of the way but you you need to make a living so find a way to get through it and it's just hell did anyone did anyone ever
0: surprise death. you when you went you know that actually wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to no. be okay
4: <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs>
1: <laughs> not a one, person.
0: not even one teeny. No. Okay, All right. maybe just a segment. <laughs> well, when when what 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 happened in between uh, between none and having kids and then Sybil? Like what what broke that?
4: I I um I I worked my way into because I, I wasn't even i no one had let me on a list i couldn't get on a list to get in the door much less get to the reading or get through the first meeting with the casting person i couldn't get on a list they didn't want me in the door but um a casting woman who knew who had knew a, a, an actress that i had worked with um and also i was working at the actor studio all the time and i was doing really kind of outrageous you know, I was doing the respectful prostitute at night, and I was doing the flying nun in the day. But, you know, <laughs> uh, there were some years that went by here, but I kept—I was still working at the Actors Studio a lot. And I think at that time, the Actors Studio was really an interesting place here. There was so much, um, so many actors were coming out of it, and, and who were real, uh, really good actors um, at, at, who were working in film at the time. Um, and this was – so this was in the uh, 70s. Now we're already into like 75 and 76 and that, those years. Um, and and what film was in, at that time was changing and Easy Rider was coming in and Five Easy Pieces and all of that sort of – they were they were pushing the envelope of what American film was, taking it out of that real glossy look of the early 60s and the late 50s and into a grittier look of, um, you know, allison's doesn't live here anymore and all yeah. of these things that were – were coming out, um, and Bob Rafelson had a movie, and the casting director had knew uh, an actress that I had worked with, and the actress had said to the casting director um, that you should, that they should let me in, that no one really knew what I was. And, but I went into the meeting and could hear Bob Rafelson yelling at the casting director from the other room <laughs> that how dare she waste, 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 waste his time with me. So how do you push through that? You get really frigging angry, <laughs> and you and by then I had no, I had learned how to how to what the art of an audition was, even though I had never been on a, an audition. I'd never been allowed. Only audition I'd ever been on was Gidget. <laughs> After that, I was never allowed. And um, so, but I had trained then. I'd be, I'd been working, and I knew what the audition was, and I knew how to harness that. I knew how to use that. I knew I knew what to do. I knew that, that they were never going to hire me. They had to think they were hiring the character. And they had to think that everything I had done before was just one heck of an acting job. Because really, I was this little, you know, floozy girl from that worked in the gym that, you know, was really um, just a, 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 a really... Um, a girl that just couldn't wait to do all the things that the Flying Nun never thought of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had to be that character. I had to be that. So it wasn't the audition, and you go into a reading, and then you take your moment and you read the scene. I had to be that twenty-four hours a day. And they thought, "Whoa, wait, this is really." And that's who the that's who gets it in the Flying Nun was That's that's surprising. Um,
0: that is mentally exhausting.
4: Mentally <laughs> exhausting and infuriating and exhausting. And so I had to do reading after reading and then finally got to read with Jeff Bridges, who's, who's in it, and, of course, adored him. And, you know, and, and finally I knew how to do the work. And I, had, I just knew I had to be su- surprisingly uh, better, but, surprisingly, but surprising in every way. So when I first came into the first meeting that I had, and the, I was being treated very much with disregard, and and you're not cruel, but they just weren't interested, and they'd done a lot of readings that day with a lot of other actors. And the end of the day, like, when do we go? Okay, go ahead, you can do your reading now. You know, I and the, I was reading with the writer, who who was the most god awful reader. You, it, it, he either he didn't care or he just was really that bad. So I I put my. I threw my pages on the floor. didn't throw. Just let them drop. And I walked over to him that was sitting in the chair next to me, took his script out of his hand. <laughs> and he was going, but, 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 and proceeded to straddle him. <laughs> I, I stood over him and sat down on him and straddled him and looked him darkly in the face. And he's like going, and he's like going, whoa, whoa. And I, I, he said, I don't know the pages. I said, well, then fake it. <laughs> oh, man, you took over the room. I took over the room. And um, of course, I'm the shyest human being. I am. So that's really not shyest.
0: how your meeting with Showalter went.
4: It kind of, it kind of <laughs> was the same thing.
0: Okay, it was in reverse. So.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I got the role slowly but surely.
0: Wow! And from that, I mean, I, I've, did you? Ex- did anyone? Did you guys expect Smoking the Bandit to be the? Crazy hit that it was. or Did you think like, oh, people might enjoy this? No, it was like the number two movie of 1977 or yeah, something like that. Yeah,
4: no, 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 no one did. No, it's one the same did. year
0: Star Wars came out. it Must have been Star Wars and then smoking the Bandit. Yeah.
4: Was it Star Wars that year? 77 yeah.
0: was Star Wars. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So what?
4: Yeah. No, I. No one. Knew, no one knew that. It was just you know, it was a, 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 a fluke, and and you, you just kind of. You know, it was a really quick shoot, and, and I guess in that way, you know, it, it was surprising because who knew what it was? But I didn't go into it thinking, oh, God, there was no script. I mean, literally, was imp- <laughs> we improv our way through the whole thing. Then
0: Jackie Gleason would just come on and swear a bunch? And-
4: you know, yeah. I mean, it was kind <laughs> of just – but th- what wasn't improved is, is Hal Needham's brilliant stunts. I mean, Hal Needham was a great stunt uh, coordinator, and he had been. He was a great stuntman. And then he became the stunt coordinator, and he, and he crafted all of these things. And then he knew how, where to put the camera and how to, how to make it visible and, and also how to protect his, his stunt people um he started stunts unlimited and all of that and so you just you know you had these actors that just improved in a car you know three sets of cars and one guy's with a dog the whole
0: time. <laughs> Jerry, Reed. <laughs> Jerry
4: Reed and and um and these just funny stunts stunts that are funny and uh you know it just caught a, a moment
0: it was a weird moment in the 70s when like trucking mm-hmm. and trucker shows yeah. and trucker movies and convoy and all that. And like, you know, my grandfather had the CB radio and oh, everyone like smoking the bandit kind of yeah. broke all that main mainstream. Yeah. 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 Was your family into that when you were growing yeah, I up? I had a CB radio breaker, breaker one, breaker, breaker one, nine. Um,
4: I think that all came from smoking I did. think it, I think oh, it did. Sure. It did.
3: There was, there was a, uh, I mean, getting being a kid and getting that CB radio was—you just reminded me of that. Was like that was like the, and you you
0: know, oh god, yeah, totally. And now yeah, totally. we just have these communication devices yeah, in our yeah, pockets. Yeah. In the yeah. old days, then, you remember, needed the, remember a this handle. thing?
3: Remember this <laughs> thing? You go by
0: a truck <laughs> and, yeah. go like that, and, and then, you pull your arm
3: down, and, well, and then they would honk their horn for you. Yep, you know, and like you know, and it's like totally. That was totally a smoky thing.
0: Will they still do that? Yes, yeah, so I still think they do that. must.
3: Yeah. They'll, still do, that. They'll still do that.
0: That's still part of the trucker for code. you know, today still part of the trucker code for sure. But what is it that motivates you? What is it that kind of get you know? Like, what is it that you're trying to do with each part? Is it is it an ex- exploration of yourself, or is it a
4: some uh, external thing that you're looking oh, for? Oh, it's an it's a it's a conversation with myself. It's 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 it's, it's you know like Donald Trump basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's
0: a, <laughs> Will you please be president? Because I, I would like, love for I you be really like, to be president like, right now.
4: It it it's 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 a way to communicate. With myself, with pieces of myself that I might not have, ex- you know, looking for them in, in, a, in a craft, and how I, you know, f- t- talk to parts of myself that I that I don't communicate with normally, and and it, you know, it really is a conversation with an audience, a faceless audience. That you know, to to sound really modeling, but it it is what keeps me from being isolated. When I'm doing that, I feel so connected to a conversation that um, it's it's hard to explain but it because I guess it is it's what I do it's my it's my communication with the planet with everybody
0: it does, does, does the entertainment industry get in the it's such a it's such an interesting business because it attracts artistic types but then there's this other kind of weird political structure of the entertainment business that gets in the way and that's also appropriate just coming out of the Oscars. But it's just such a strange – it's two things that are layered on top of one another that seem very strange. So did that – did the politics of the business and all that – any of that stuff and the awards stuff, I mean is that—is that just kind of like, ugh, I wish I could just scrape that out of the way and just do the work or do you mind that part?
4: I don't, I try not to look at that part. I think what I do is I compartmentalize. And I think I got very good at doing that being a little girl raised in the 50s when there were so many things you just weren't allowed to feel. But there are things that are human beings feel, you feel rage, and you feel sexuality, and you feel all sorts of things that oh, no, 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 little girls don't do that. Um, So I think you you put them in boxes and hide them away in places all around your your interior house. Sure. And I I think I was good at that. So even from the beginning, I I put it in all in a box and put a bow on it and tucked it away. So I didn't look at you know, even that there was a finished product of things. Does it it had come out you were forced to like have to see and feel what the what the reaction to things were. But, you know, even as I got older and, the, and, and and was deeper into the business, I was able to just keep that, that's that, and there it is. And when I have to deal with that, I'll step into that and deal with it. But mostly I just wouldn't look at it, wouldn't respond to it, wouldn't feel it.
0: Does winning an Academy Award feel the way you think it's going to feel, or is it – do you, is there a depression afterwards? Because you're like, well, I don't know. What am I supposed to feel now? Like, or is it, is it, is it elating the whole time? How does it?
4: It's better than a sharp stick in the eye. Sure. <laughs>
1: um,
4: it, it isn't that it's not anything. It's certainly something and certainly, you know, feels, um, you know, a, a great deal of, of accomplishment, especially for me because it took me so long to get out of feeling that I was just a, a joke. But, but honestly, it, it, it is all about that moment. You did a project um, that the work worked enough and caught enough of a wave in that moment of in the industry that it was recognized. Um, it doesn't mean that there weren't a whole lot of other films that could very well have been recognized or other performances but these were the five it used to be five now it's ten or whatever (laughs) that were recognized and this is the one that won so it of course felt incredibly rewarding at that moment but it fades quickly because it's always about that moment and the life is about and most especially this industry is about now what Mm -hmm. then what now now, who are you? But life is about that. You can't hold on to what you were and what that was. That was. And that will inform who you will be. But that is not – that won't be anymore.
0: I'm curious for Showalter from a guy who – I mean, I always thought of the state as like this is sort of a punk comedy movement, like punk rock for comedy, and it's the it's not mainstream. It's it's you know it, at the time we would say it was for the kids, you know, and I was the kids. Really, uh, I was. Okay. I mean, we're we're the same age, but oh, okay. I was in the MTV generation. Okay. I mean, like yeah, I, that yeah. would have that show that show was for yes. me. Yes. yes, yes. It was yes. not the traditional sketch comedy show. It was no. and, and and it was. Uh, it was different in that way, and it spoke by, to me by the people for the by people. the people for the people. Yes, yeah, yes. exactly. So, how do you how would how do you handle kind of become like if you become super mainstream? Can you handle that, or do you feel like you always kind of have to be a little rebellious, a little punk, a little you know? Will you be? Can you handle mainstream success?
3: Yeah, I okay. think so. All right, <laughs> it's taken a long time. You know, it's I've I've I've. Uh, I've had a very circuitous route to um to having like a little mo- more work than I'm used to having. Um and and I wouldn't say I've paid my dues but like, you know, I've like thought about it a lot, you know, and I've 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 um trial through trial and error really honed in on like the kind of career that I'm pretty sure I want to have. Mm-hmm. And there's a version of of success in a mainstream world that i could be that i could participate in that could work for me sure and i think i've figured out a lot for myself just on a personal level just you know dealing with personal life stuff to where um maybe before i i couldn't handle it and now maybe i can just in just the more of the way of to a lesser degree of what sally's talking about with winning an oscar which is like if i won an oscar i'd like you know i can't say on the air what i would want to do but, well you but, can say anything it's a podcast it's you the just internet. use your imagination yeah yeah, yeah. okay um, oh wow It would be like just what you would what
4: what you would want to do with the Oscar. Well, sure.
3: It would be like it would be like I'd want to like I don't know I'd want to like you know it's it's something I wouldn't even be doing but I'd want to like you know like uh, Al 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 Pacino and Scarface or something you know like a giant mountain of cocaine and right and like uh, you know and like a big and like a and and like a you know like a machine gun and just like. You know, like, um, <laughs> uh, I hope someone,
4: you go with that gun thing in your pocket again. <laughs> oh, no, yes. like-
0: Jerry Orbach, Jerry Orbach. <laughs> he just, um, uh, Show just wants to be famous enough so that it's not crazy for him to wave a gun around. <laughs> ah, that's Showalter. Walter. Yeah, I
3: tell um, you what. No, and for what it's worth, I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't hate guns more for what it's <laughs> worth, but, um, but, uh, no, but, um, no, but like, you have a little bit of success, and it's like, you know, you, you, I think I'm at a place now where like I could take that in stride. I take that in stride. I know that it's not that it in the in the grand scheme of things, it, it it's it is like okay, so you know, I still got to still got to drive home in traffic and and deal with my family and my obligations and and that so I feel like I'm a little grounded to where like I'm ready to like not need to be that rebellious punky kid that I was for a really
0: long time. I mean, for Sally the it, to to have the kind of career that you've had and continue to have and will continue to have, I mean, it really is just amazing thing after amazing thing that you've done. And, and I just – is that – are you – do you have a really strong sense of who you are and it's separate, kind of what you were saying, separate from all the film stuff and you're comfortable with yourself? Do you feel comfortable with yourself? No. Really?
4: Uh, not – not not Totally. Um, I think I'm always working on feeling comfortable with myself. Some days, no, I, I, I'm always sort of like irritated. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm really comfortable with myself. I, I, I don't even like the thought of it, really, because that means you will like be, you know. Ah. Are you saying that's what I said? No, he. No, asked I
3: asked. Me, but are you insinuating having... that that's no, what I
4: said? No, no. No, I don't okay. think you ever were – I never okay, you said you were – That you said I, I was – I take back what
3: com- I said. I take back what I said. <laughs> it's
4: too late. That, I take it back. No, no, it's too no, no, late. No, we'll erase the, it. have power.
3: I, he can erase you it. You can't erase it from Sally Field's brain. <laughs>
4: that, that I think that you said that you were no, comfortable I'm with just,
0: I'm just well, – do you think I'm comfortable with
4: yourself? No. Okay. Not good. <laughs> <side of laughs> <bed.
0: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Judging by the fact by how many times you ask that question, I would say the answer is no.
4: The most uncomfortable with yourself <laughs> of any human being. I just saying.
0: think you know it's so it's so easy to spin off the rails. You know, particularly in this in the mercurial business, and you know, like you have ups and you have downs, and you've. Things that you spend a lot of time throwing your emotions into and sometimes they don't pay off and so what 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 pulls you back and keeps you grounded I guess is probably the better way to ask that question
4: uh, uh, probably if I'm I i do not know what really I mean we have to really figure out what the word grounded means but I think I'm because I'm so close to my children they're, they're such they've always been the, my home yeah that, that was my safe place. And th- that's that outside world, and that can just, like, go there. And here I have all of them, and then that's – and grandchildren. And so that's where I live. But also I'm really a hermit. I'm very much like Doris in that. I'm, I'm – Really antisocial,
3: <laughs> you know. Sort of o- notoriously, Oprah once said that. Um, I think it was Oprah who said this. You get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. She said that. She yeah, did okay. say that too. <laughs> um, that that you know, like success and fame will make you more the person that you already were. Right. So if you're like a jerk mm-hmm. and you get really famous and successful, you'll be an even bigger jerk. Yeah. And if you're a good person and you get really successful and famous, you it forces you to be an even better person. Maybe, yeah. I guess I can see why that. I just I think, and I've found that to be true. Really, I think so. That 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 it. it, it yeah, you have to kind of step into the shoes that that you that you believe are the shoes that you
0: should be wearing. I just I, I think there's a lot of like, why are you doing it? Questions to be asked. You know, it's like if you're doing it. For a lot of external reasons like, well, I want fame and I want success and I want money and I want all this stuff. I feel like that's a very disappointing path even if you get it because then it doesn't fix you. But there's also people that are are
3: legitimately narcissistic – you know, people. Are you talking about me? See, because that
4: would... <laughs> that's what you did. Well, there's,
3: but, but there's so many, I'm talking about like narcissistic personality sure. disorder to yes. where, to where like, you know, you give that person the opportunity to like be that person. And, and it's a, and it's a, and then you're confronting that.
0: I do. I, I think, I think the I think the business can be very difficult for, for that reason, because it doesn't sort of like you were saying, at a certain point, boundaries become a little less clear, and it's interesting because I feel you—you had your kids fairly young, didn't yes, you? Uh-huh. Yeah, and so you had a support structure right. that you needed to pay attention to right. from a, from a very early from, on. Yeah,
4: from early on.
0: And you and and it's fortunate that you recognize that because mm-hmm. even just having kids doesn't always make people awesome people.
4: N- no. But it makes that you have to pay attention to these two little people saying, you know, when do we eat? Right. Um, and um, I, I was I, – I never really had a like – I was always somehow alone in <laughs> it. You know, as was yeah. singly growing them all on my own. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it certainly changes your focus. And yeah. That, that becomes really where you're home and, and – and, but I agree with you. you. You know, it really is about why are you doing this? Why have I been in this business for you know? Why have I been doing what I do, by hook or by crook, for for fifty, fifty two years or going on fifty three or something? Um, and and it has to be because um, of of the being able to have the opportunity to act in in films and and anywhere in television or films or on stage, but certainly like Doris that is. That are gives me a place to do what I do, and it's if it's ever been about oh I want to be famous or I want to be rich, forget it. Then you're going to get crushed because mm-hmm. uh, that ain't going to happen. And if it does happen momentarily, it's not going to be there for long.
0: Yeah. So is it? It is basically just a well. That's nice, but what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Y-
4: yeah. Or or you know taking the downtime and and using it in a in a creative way
0: what do you do in your downtime that's not i, I suffer <laughs> <laughs> do you are you a shark do you have to keep moving
4: well i do i keep moving but it may not be in the in the kind of in the business sense you know i don't i don't keep moving because i'm like you know hustling and looking for the next thing i keep moving my kids would always say i never said i'm like sweeping and then i'm like doing the windows and then i'm saying what's to eat and i i mean I'll, I'll do something
0: do you have besides my name is doris And besides family and human things, Mm -hmm. what's your favorite thing that you've done where you look back and you go, I'm so happy that that worked out? Do you have a favorite project or a favorite thing? Or is it just shades? What would it be? I don't know. There's a million. Like
4: I, be- like I went out into the into the wilderness. And no, like, no, no. I mean I I movie, a movie. House?
0: One of your movies. One oh. of your movies. Oh, I
4: thought you meant what thing out is of it show a- business? Forrest
0: Gump or Steel Magnolias? You no, know, I thought or you were it,
4: saying what thing could be the out blooper reel for smoking the bandit and out of and not your not show business and not your kids. What thing have you done that you're most proud of? I'm going. Well, what would it be?
0: I was I saying know. outside of my name is Doris, which oh, okay. I'm sure in front of Michael you would say is your favorite thing.
4: You know what? I don't know what my fa- I really don't know what my favorite thing is. I I, I couldn't. I couldn't pick. I wouldn't pick. I can't. I mean, I couldn't say that. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know. I absolutely don't know. Well,
1: we can eliminate the flying nut.
4: <laughs> I think we can eliminate that.
1: <laughs>
4: and probably beyond the Poseidon, we can eliminate that one. <laughs> so we've got two
3: off the list right there. We're right off the list. She has, I think, over 60 IMDb credits. So. It's, it's, so now but that's... that's two down
0: that's two two down down. 60 to go yeah but so i I imagine that everything must have some sort of a piece that's edifying in some way but they're all do they all feel different does every project feel different or does it all feel like oh this is a familiar it's this it's this thing again or is each one unique
4: it it, you know it depends on the caliber of the of the the project and the and the work atmosphere and, and all of that like we've said you know those there's those moments where you get you know, you, you do something because you know you well, I've got to, okay, this, I can make this work, and and you know you're going to get a paycheck. Okay, I guess I have to do it. And from day one, you think, how the holy hell am I going to get through this? I mean, how am I going to make it? And you, you know, you make calendars in every room to cross off the day, cross off the hours. <laughs> and then crossing off, I have things where I literally cross off the minute. Okay, we haven't done another half hour is done where you just, like, your life is, like, die- you're dying here, you know, there's those experiences, but the the ones that are, you know, that I that I will always cherish, and certainly Doris being one of them, it's almost like it doesn't matter that there's a, that the, that there's a film after it. it, it's like, wait a minute, we get to have a movie, too? It was like we had this little time together, we had this little voyage, we went on a voyage for three weeks and three days, um, and that was the, that was what I got. I got, that was my, my, my time. And then you go, oh, there's a movie now. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now we gotta, we have to support this because maybe no one will see it and then it will die and maybe that experience will, will be criticized for being not a good experience. But you, you hold, you know, you hold these, and I've been lucky enough to have several uh, experiences of making something making a film um that was worth worth the experience of doing it even whatever the film was
0: and so that's ultimately how you decide you just get that feeling when you read something Mm -hmm. this is going to be worth my time this is a human enough of a thing yeah that is important to me
4: something clicks inside of me something hits. something
0: were you nervous the first day you guys worked together? Yes. <laughs> yes very, very. <laughs> and as the director, you're supposed to know what the hell's going yeah, on.
3: Yeah. I mean, the first day is always weird, anyway. Um, because are you, all nervous. You're all nervous, and it's like the, that first t- when you do that first take, you're like, "Wow, we just you're really free fall." Like, "Oh my god, we're making this movie now. It's happening." And um, we we shot a, some some difficult stuff on that first day. Mm-hmm. Um, but um yeah i mean add to how nervous you are just to be directing a movie at all and then that the person that you're directing is is her um very nervous but um you know you get through it and sally was you know we 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 we'd already kind of gotten to know each other a little bit and so it was it was like we were we were already kind of i kind of knew a little bit about how she worked and what her what you know how this was going to go and everything but yeah i was nervous we
4: were already nervous. linked we were, we were, we linked. were but linked. i was nervous we too you yeah. know I, yeah. we talked about it i was like yeah.
3: well it was the first time you'd worn the, co- put the, the, the clothes the on with like,
4: the character land yeah and, yeah and it was and, the and first and time you'd really sh- like been and who she was. her been her yeah.
3: like i i see you know that's that thing you know like it was the first time we'd actually seen the character like we we'd 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 kind of done it. We had done the little rehearsal-y kind of things and and with the script and kind of a little bit of feeling feeling it around. But this was like – this is the character now. And it's a pretty intense moment when you go, wow, there she is. There's Doris. She's over there sitting on the couch. And I can only imagine what that must have been, felt like for you.
4: So when it, I say I
3: can only imagine, I mean I can't imagine. What I meant, <laughs> what I meant to say was I can't only imagine or I can't imagine.
4: Uh, when you Is that a question? Sure. Oh. Yeah. I, I don't know I just you know it's the the, the intense concentration you know that sort of self hypnosis place you put yourself in as an as an actor to to arrive someplace that isn't really you and and to also um, you know harness all of the things that are you and and put them out of the way you know physicality and things to to try to have Joris's rhythm and Doris's personality. Uh, it's just you know. Then you wake up at the end of the day, like slap yourself. Oh, hello! I'm back. I'm back. It's just c- huge. You know that intense concentration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um, are you in that character the entire time? Like like when you go home, or do you like? Can you leave it at the door like a job? No,
4: it it, it, it you have to sort of hang on to it. You know mm-hmm. you, you have to, and you kind of hang on to it all all day and you how however you are. Just you you try to hover there. And and it was always hard for me because early in, in 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 my life it was new that actors would act like that so I'd have to try to hide it because then they would think I was there was something wrong with me I was <laughs> mentally and at one point like on Sybil when I was like that they and I was on the streets of New York. And someone called the police that there was a crazy woman standing outside of their s- store, and we were, like, getting ready to shoot, and I was standing outside of the store, sort <laughs> of going like that, you know, sort of, you know, bobbing back and forth, concentrating on char- being the character, and the people in the store called the police. Oh, my God. There's a, there's a very strange homeless person out here. and going <laughs> That was kind <laughs> so,
0: of your first award.
4: So it's like, Hi. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, we're doing uh, uh, a. Yeah. No, it. I really and, and the ad had to go tell him, ca- tell him to to back off because I couldn't get out of my character enough to say, uh, to be anybody but Sybil at that moment.
0: So obviously, mm-hmm. so Sybil has a very strong hook. Doris has a Dor- Doris has a hook. You know who she is. But when you get a role, it's like I always to, like. The, the, the Aunt May Parker characters of the world. Where yeah. It's like, well, she's a sweet lady. Yeah. Well, what about her? Well,
4: she's a sweet lady. Yeah.
0: You know, like the characters without a real obvious, mm-hmm. obvious hook. Yeah.
4: Do you like that challenge? No. Or- no. That was, that was hard. I, I was really there. I loved Andrew just to pieces. Loved him. But I was really there because um, my first producing partner was Laura Ziskin. Mm-hmm. And I loved her. And we made Murphy's Romance together. It was mm-hmm. her first film. And um, then she went on to do just gobs of stuff and be a very important woman uh, in the industry. And we knew this was going to be her last film. She was dying of breast cancer and she had fought uh hell of a fight. And at the same time, really raised, uh, she was a hero. She raised all of this money and brought these research doctors together, demanding that they talk to each other when the doctors were competitive with each other and wouldn't bring their research all together to try to, you know, combat this horrible thing, which is breast cancer. Um, And we knew that it had come back and that she was not going to win this time. And she asked me, she called me and said, we're doing, we're making Spider-Man again. Um, and we, would you be Aunt May? And I, I was doing a television series at the time. I was doing Brothers and Sisters. And I said, yes, I'll be there. I didn't read the script. I didn't know what it was. I didn't care what it was. I, I, I needed to be there. And I, and I was. So that, and so every day was fine. And yeah. I got to work with Andrew. Yeah. So it was fine. Better than fine.
0: I got paid. You did, yeah. But you also did that. You also did something for your friend, which was
4: yeah. And so I was super glad to be there.
0: So as we're sort of winding this down, um, first of all, everyone should know that uh, my name is Doris. Opens eleventh, uh, but wide March eighteenth. Yes, your wider March eighteenth. Yes, yes, yes. Do you have any kind of any last nugget of wisdom that you can leave with people? Just something. I mean, as someone who has. Just hearing all the stories of like, you know, you came up against this wall and you figured out how to get around it. You came up against this and you got angry and you yanked the pages out of the. Like, what is it? What's the fire in your? You know, I think my manager would call that the fire in the belly. Like, what? What's your fire in the belly? Like, how do you? How do you keep pushing through and pushing through and pushing through no matter what?
4: I think the real question is, how do you quit pushing through? For me, I mean, how do I? How do I? How do I just say okay? That's enough. That that's fine. Thank you so much. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what's next. Even though I kind of know what's next, but I'm not telling you what it is. It. <laughs> um, Please. I know. I know. <laughs> okay, I thought um, that would work.
0: No. I gave puppy dog eyes. No no, it didn't, no. no. no.
4: um But I. 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 I don't. I don't know. I just. I'll just keep going until until the the flame dwindles and I decide to you know sit down. um, Or I just can't find a spot to put myself anymore.
0: I mean, it's clear that... That would only happen if you just didn't want to do stuff anymore. Well, if you're that's like, well, that just very
4: nice. is isn't of you.
0: fulfilling anymore, or you didn't want to do it anymore, or whatever.
4: Well, that's very nice. Of you. I keep saying we ought to do Doors, too. I'm yeah. saying mm-hmm. she goes to Paris and does exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm I'm we, the catwalk.
0: We're writing it as we speak.
4: <laughs> the designers find her. Yes. She's, yes. she's, she's the. But then, but then head, it goes to head her head. head girl she gets very successful such it? a
0: great character. <laughs> I think you should do a series of films that I'll explore. Each sequel is a different genre. So there's like a horror. <laughs> then there's a sci-fi Doris. Then there's an action Doris.
4: Doris gets marooned
0: on Mars. You mean? Yes, yes. Well, I'd like to do with Doris what we did with Wet Hot, which
3: is we get <laughs> we get Sally and Tyne Daly and <laughs> Caroline <laughs> Aaron's, and we go to Netflix and we
0: do we do a sequel on Netflix. That would be fantastic. Same. Is there a genre that you haven't? Is there a genre that you would like to do more of?
4: uh oh i yeah you know i've never really done any 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 horror stuff i don't really like i won't know that i want to do but i do really good horrors beyond belief good yeah i mean please alien and all of that i mean that's hard i mean it couldn't I, I it's my favorite thing i love uh y- you know the hitchcockian sort of i would like to do gothic hitch I, i've never done that kind of Sort of stuff. I mean, period. But except for Mary Todd, she was pretty gothic. I don't know. I don't know. It. I. I <laughs> Mary Todd anything. Lincoln was
0: pretty gothic. It yeah, was. She? <laughs> she was a dark character. Yeah, she was it's a very dark character. But uh, well, you've both been amazing, and I'm very proud of you, Michael Showalter. Thanks, and I hope Chris. that doesn't sound arrogant. Thanks, Chris. But just it's one of my favorite things, and maybe you feel this way too. Is like when you start off with people, mm-hmm. and you notice like, oh, there's that. Oh, there's those. People. I like them. And then you kind of see when you get to be in the business for a little while, and you see like, oh, you're doing great, and everyone's—it's kind of nice. It's- it is.
4: That's unusual. Really? Because there's a lot of people that go if, they, if he's if he's achieving something, it means I must be losing something. No, yeah. those people are horrible. <sighs> well, I have a resentment. People. I have
3: a resentment towards you because I've done at midnight twice, mm-hmm. and I and I I go on knowing this is going to happen. I'm always. And you got eliminated first both times. I tried. To like know. I'm that guy. You need. I'm to- the guy. I'm the guy that gets eliminated for some Can time. I tell
0: you, There's the, the, the trick to At Midnight is I've the buzzer. I've been told the trick. It's the buzzer. The buzzer, the game show element of that show really works. If you, if you lean on the buzzer and you get answers in faster, that's the trick. The last time I did it, I really felt like emotionally... Defeated, be
3: like rough, huh? yeah. I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> we well, like, can come was, back on and and give it an, and can you rig it? <laughs> yeah, I'll you, rig it. Can you rig it so that I at least make it to the neck to the like
0: to the like
4: yes. showdown
3: round? Thank
0: yes, you. I promise. Thank the next you. time you come on, that we will, we <laughs> it'll will, be we, rigged. We will, <laughs> we, will we will do that. We will do that for you. <laughs> no, it won't be rigged. It'll just work out well for you. Okay, good. good. All <laughs> right. We, we'll just say that. <laughs> it's not rigged. It's just you. It's just the universe is smiling on you. Sally Field, Michael Sherwalter thank you for being here. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Thank um, you. And thank you. Thank you,
1: Chris. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the
0: Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by The Bronze. The Bronze. A film calling, sorry, a film starring Melissa Rauch, Gary Cole, Thomas Middleditch, Sebastian Stan, Cecily Strong, and Haley R- Lou, R- Lou Richardson. The Bronze opens everywhere on March 18th, only in theaters. Go see it. The Bronze.